0: goes up must come down. Welcome to the Brand Breakdown. I'm Michelle and I'm Courtney and this is where we're going to track the rise and fall of big brands from companies to celebs to pop culture phenoms and everything in between. Let's get started. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Brand Breakdown. Glad to have you with us today. Um, we're going to be doing our weekly wrap-up today, talking about what's happening with Kate and Charles and Megan and Harry and all the people we love and all the people we love to maybe not love. So we're going to start off with our royal aficionado, Courtney, who's going to give us the latest updates. Hey! um, So, we, you guys probably, if you are
1: loyal followers, noticed that we... Did not have an episode last week. Our schedules are crazy, so we're doing our Royal Weekly Roundup on a Monday, but that's good because it lets you have all the information about things that happened over the weekend and also this morning. So congratulations. It worked out in your favor. So (laughs) starting... (laughs) Way um, to spin that. So yeah, yeah, no, like you have to find the silver lining on everything. It wasn't our mess up. It was for the people. Um, (laughs) absolutely deliberate. Um, okay. So first things first this week, yesterday, um, Kate and the King were both released from the hospital, which I kind of found the timing interesting because they both announced they were going into the hospital on the same day. And then they were both released on the same day, which that timing was a little bit more up in the air because, they had said the king was gonna have to stay for you know two or three days and Kate was gonna stay for 10 to 14 days. Um and it just so happened that their releases coincided with each other. So they are well, both she, ended out up of the staying,
0: hospital. she both she ended up staying 13 days, I think, right?
1: Yeah, I think so. Um yes, she stayed days. 13 it was 13 nights, so like 14 oh, okay. days, 13 okay. nights, that type of thing. Like a cruise.
0: <laughs> <laughs> a so, cruise that you come out with scars I like yeah. that I like that kind of um, cruise
1: so yeah so she stayed for the on the long end of what the anticipated length of recovery was going to be which is interesting um we still have no details on what specifically the surgery was for or what her ailment was and I think I I imagine
0: speculation is rampant by the way
1: I know people are – my my favorite still is that people keep saying like she had a tummy talk. I'm like, what did they talk? Like the woman has the like most perfect washboard stomach you've ever seen in your life. Um, and then, you know, there's horrible people who are saying it's like, you know, she's there for like addiction. She's there for um, yeah, mental health. Like she had a nervous breakdown. Um, I've seen some people doubtful. who are saying that she was escaping – her marriage because she's in an abusive relationship with William like really oh horrible God. things um and then people are pointing well, those to are the just fact trolls. That. So, yeah, everybody who's saying all that, it's not from any sort of credible or reliable source. It's just trolls and drama.
0: So can I just say something quickly about a tummy tuck? So Mm -hmm. uh, I have a good girlfriend who had a tummy tuck years ago after her third or fourth child, I don't know. Um, And she had a whole bunch of extra skin because she had like this thing where she took on a lot of water when she's pregnant. I don't know what that's called, but um, not like regular bloating. It was like something to do with being pregnant. Um, Anyway, Mm -hmm. so she had a tummy tuck after that. And a tummy tuck, like you have to have something to tuck because they right. um, they split your stomach muscles and sew them back together. Uh, it's incredibly painful. It's incredibly invasive. Now... I will say it's been 10 years since she had that tummy tuck or so. And her belly is still amazing. But she said it, it was the most painful thing she's ever been through. She's like, it was unbelievable. But you had to have something like her, her muscles had split apart. And so they, you know, they cut you and they pull them out together and all stuff. But Kate doesn't have that problem. Like there, I don't think that She has enough that could be talked. You know what I'm saying, right? Like, yeah, that just that speculation just doesn't even make sense. That's stupid. Yeah, I mean that's just I mean we've seen her,
1: we've seen her on engagements where you know she's playing volleyball or she's playing rugby or whatever, and she will like jump up with her arms over her head so like we see her stomach for like a hot second, you know, and like there's there's nothing there, like
0: (laughs) there's that's silly,
1: absolutely nothing there, Um, but then. People are also taking the fact that, so we saw William leave the hospital one day. He visited her as far as we are aware, as far as there are photographs, we've seen him visit her once. Um, And so people are saying like, oh, that's just proof that they have a horrible relationship because William hasn't been to visit her and he only went to visit her on like the third day that she was in the hospital. But A, they have three kids at home that he is taking care of. Yes, they have a nanny and yes, the kids go to school. But he still has to, like, be home for his kids. He can't, you know, sit by her bedside all day and all night. But also, we didn't even know she went to the hospital. We didn't know she was, like, going to doctor's appointments and stuff like that. So the fact that people would say, oh, we've only seen him once, so that's proof, is like, right. But you're forgetting we didn't even see her arrive. Like, he might have been in and out of that hospital nine times a day every day of this whole two-week period just because you only saw him once means literally nothing. Like just because he didn't take his police escort right up to the front door doesn't mean he wasn't there. Um, So I'm going to give William the benefit of the doubt and say that he probably was there more than the one time. Um, I'm sure he was certainly, if not there the day she had surgery, like probably definitely the day after, but we didn't see him till the day after that. Um, But I don't think that – I don't know. The rumors that, like, Kate is in the hospital to escape an abusive marriage is, like, the craziest thing I've ever seen. Because when you see pictures of the two of them together, they're so – I mean, they're not, like, full-on PDA like other certain former royals that we see. But you can tell they very much like each other. (laughs) Like, it's either that or they both deserve an Oscar.
0: Yeah, they're definitely a unit.
1: Yeah, so I I just think that regardless of whether we saw William – arriving at the hospital or departing the hospital, I think he was probably there. And if he wasn't, if he didn't go visit her beyond that first time that we saw him photographed at the very beginning of her stay, I don't necessarily think that's horrible because A, for all we know, she's been heavily medicated and not really up for company anyway. And B, we live in a time where like they could still be FaceTiming all day long, calling, texting, whatever. They have three kids at home he had to take care of. They're trying to make everything like as normal as possible for the kids. So he's been dropping them off in the morning, picking them up in the afternoon, all of that stuff. And they live in Windsor. The kids go to school in Windsor, but she's in London, which I believe is like a half hour, 40 minute drive with no traffic. So it's not as if he can just, you know, pop down there really quickly. So if he wasn't there, I don't necessarily think it's a signal of anything, but that said, I do think he was probably there a lot more than we ever actually
0: saw. And it's just kind of none of our business. Well, I saw Camilla came to see um, King Charles three times in one day, I think. One or two days. She came a whole bunch. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, But I mean, think about it. She was staying in London. So the hospital that the king was at was like a five-minute drive away as opposed to a 40-minute drive away. And I think that the king – and Camilla are very – they're very cognizant of their public image. They've been fighting with the – not fighting with the press, but they've been fighting for good press for their whole relationship. And so I think that, you know, they probably see William getting – taking some flack for not visiting enough. And so they're like, all right, don't do that. <laughs> like, make sure you're there all the time so nobody can say you didn't go because you don't care or whatever the case may be. Um
0: Okay, and so I, I have to jump in here because it could just be that Camilla's a woman and William's a man, and I'm not trying to be sexist or anything like that. But women <laughs> tend to be more nurturing, just a fact. And it could be yeah. that she's like, hey, honey, I'm here for you. And William's like, hey, do you need me? Um, right. Because if you don't, then, you know, I'm going to stay with the kids today. You know what I mean? For sure. Like, Yeah, exactly. And, and please, I don't, like, I'm not saying that, you know, there's anything wrong with – women being more nurturing and men not being as nurturing or that that sometimes isn't reversed because it is, I feel you on all that. But typically a woman tends to be more nurturing. Just, mm-hmm. you know, I hope I don't get flagged for that, but it's true. Like if my husband yes. were in the hospital, I'd be there like 24 seven. When I was in the hospital, he came once a day, which was all I needed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but you, but it was also during COVID. You can only have one visitor a day. So, yeah. And know, I mean, the
1: other thing is like when I was in the hospital, I, so we already had a two and a half year old. I was pregnant with the little one and I was sitting in the hospital for like two weeks and my husband would come once a day cause it was COVID. So he would come once a day, but he came at night after like my in-laws were staying with us or staying with my husband. Thank goodness to help out because he had to work and the kids needed, you know. He couldn't be working and taking care of our oldest, but he would come at night, like after the oldest was in bed, after everything had been like cleaned up and put away for the day, then he would come because he had stuff to take care of during the day. So it wasn't that he didn't want to come visit me. It's just that he had other obligations, even with having help at the house, he still had other things that also needed to be taken care of because just because I wasn't there didn't mean he could put everything on hold and ignore the rest of the world until I came home, um, which you know sounds very similar to what is going on with William and Kate. Like they have kids, she's in the hospital for two weeks. He still has a job that needs to be done. Yes, they have help, but they he can't just stop everything. Um, and then I've also seen people who this is the most ridiculous thing. So in the photos of Camilla visiting the King, she's smiling. She, you know, there's a camera in her face. She smiles for the camera as she like walks by to go into the hospital or as she drives by. And people are like, oh my gosh, look at her smiling. How terrible is she? Her husband's in the hospital. Her daughter-in-law's in the hospital. Obviously there's something mentally wrong with her that they're keeping a secret from us. Like she must have dementia or Alzheimer's or something because look at her smiling. And I was like, wait, she, her husband's in the hospital. He's doing well and she's on her way to see him. Her stepdaughter-in-law is in the hospital and she's doing well. What is she supposed to do? Be sitting around crying? (laughs) Like the woman can't smile for a second, especially when there's a camera in her face. Like how, how do you want her to look in this situation? And I just thought it was so bizarre because people will literally pick on the royals for anything, even just smiling, which is ridiculous.
0: I'm totally with you. I think it's ridiculous. And also, I think, you know, Prince Charles's, or sorry, King Charles's procedure was um, pretty routine. So, you right. know, I'm not I'm not saying it didn't hurt. I'm not saying he's recovering any of that. But it was pretty r- routine compared to what we don't really know about Kate's procedure. But we do know it was serious because she was in the hospital for so long. So, right. I mean, Maybe Camilla's just relieved, and that's why she's smiling. <laughs> you know what I mean, right? It doesn't yeah, have she's to just be some happy. Conspiracy theory,
1: right? She's just happy everyone's doing well, and you know she got good news. Her husband's doing well. Like, why would you not smile about that? Um, so I just thought that was so bizarre. I was like, wow, people will really criticize everything. Like, if she had shown, if she had been driving up to the hospital every day crying, people would have been like, oh, my God, how dramatic is she? How ridiculous is this? Look at her looking for attention. They probably still would have said something was wrong with her mentally. (laughs) Um, And it's like, okay, she can't win. So if you can't win, you might as well just do the thing that makes you happy, which is showing that you're happy. Um, I just just think she's,
0: she's just not, you know, as revered. Or as well-liked as some of the other royals. And that's just a fact. And that's okay. Like, you you know, I mean, that's just something that she probably deals with on a daily basis and certainly dealt with 20 years ago in a much more visceral way than she has to deal with now. Um, And I think Mm -hmm. Queen Elizabeth was really helpful for that for her and King Charles as well with his support. But she's just not the most popular royal and people are going to look for things all the time. However, on the other hand, Kate and William, most popular royals. Still, there's rampant speculation on what mm-hmm. happened or didn't happen or whatever. I just think people like to to gossip and have fun, and here we are doing the weekly wrap up, <laughs> speculating. I know <laughs> why people are speculating. We're, we're gossiping about the gossip, but that's exactly I mean, I right. Think,
1: I think we take a positive approach, um, even to the people we don't like that much. I think we still try to spin it positively. So,
0: well, we um, do the best we can depending on the situation. How about that?
1: Yeah, yeah. And that brings right. us to our next, <laughs> our next yes. point. Um, so last week, Harry and Meghan were in Jamaica for the One Love film premiere. It is a film about Bob Marley.
0: They were the invited
1: guests of, I believe, the head of Paramount.
0: So I don't know the backstory on why they would have been invited in the first place. Can you cover that or do you know? Um. So... There's some speculation about why they were covered
1: Some people, or why they were invited. Some people are like, oh, they'll go to any red carpet they get invited to. Other people have said that Harry and Meghan... Or Meghan is friends with the wife of the head of Paramount. And so they were kind of just extended a courtesy invite as friends of the family, essentially. Um, but they're, they didn't have any involvement in the film, so... It was very interesting. There were there was a lot that happened. You know, we saw a few photos of the red carpet and a few photos of them entering the theater. And there was a lot to take away from all of that. Um, the first thing that I took away from that is I, I thought Megan looked absolutely gorgeous. Like she looked so, so beautiful. So she that actually was my looked first.
0: very happy. Actually. Yeah.
1: Yeah. She looked very happy. She looked stunning. Um, she seemed very in her element. Um, And I thought, and I don't mean that in like a negative way, like there was no hidden connotation behind that. She just looked like she was in her element and I thought she looked lovely. Um, I think Harry looked incredibly uncomfortable. He always looks uncomfortable on a red carpet. Um, But one of the first images we saw was of them arriving and walking the step and repeat with the head of Paramount and his wife were up there first and then and I keep saying Paramount. I think it was Paramount. I'm pretty sure it was, but I'm not
0: 100% <laughs> sure. So I might uh, be wrong we probably, and we I should probably fact check that.
1: Yeah, I'll take a look. Some guy. Um, <laughs> some guy and his wife <laughs> were on the step and repeat. And they walked up. They were kind of instructed to walk up and take a photo with them. And the man, this is a video, which is the only reason I have such like, it wasn't a series of photos. I was watching a video of it. And the man, as soon as they started walking up, looked like he was going to walk away. And his wife kind of pulled him back into place. And they took a photo with Harry and Meghan. And Harry looks uncomfortable as he always does. Meghan is like beaming and she looks gorgeous. And then the man and his wife, he looked very uncomfortable. And his wife, who had been the one who held him back and like kept him on the red carpet, she still... Like, it wasn't a warm photo. It wasn't like, oh, this is a group of friends who are, like, happy to be with each other. It was like, okay, let's let's do this photo and be done with it type of thing. That was the vibe I got from the photo. Um, and then another photo that was taken, which I didn't see a video of this, but it was Harry and Meghan and the, I believe, Prime Minister of Jamaica and his wife. And Jamaica, the Prime Minister of Jamaica has been pushing for a referendum to get Jamaica to leave the Commonwealth. So that photo sent up a lot of sparks, shall we say, because people were like, oh, wow, look how outwardly disloyal Harry and Meghan are being by taking a photo with somebody who is like leading the charge to leave the Commonwealth. Like that is part of the reason that they royals can't be half in, half out because they're at a private they're at an event in a private capacity. There's some commercial commercialization there in that, you know, this is a red carpet. They're attending for their own self-promotion, whatever, whatever. They're networking perhaps for their private endeavors. But there's this political link because as a member of the royal family, there's just automatically this political undertone when they meet a politician or a dignitary. And so it was kind of a perfect example of why, Royals can't really be half in, half out because had Harry still been a working royal and taken that photo, it would have probably been a problem, I would think, because, you know, you've got somebody who's leading the charge to leave the Commonwealth. You've got a royal who's being buddy-buddy cozy with them, or conversely, perhaps that photo wouldn't have even been allowed to have been taken because, you know, you the royal can't be kind of being buddy-buddy with the person trying to leave. Maybe there's some like animosity there. I don't know. It it was just like such an example of like how things can get twisted if you're half in, half out, and why it was important for them to just fully cut the ties and be like, if you're doing things, then you are doing them in a private capacity, not as members of the royal family, because a lot could have been taken from that if they were still full-time working royals.
0: So what I read is that they were just personal friends of the Robins who invited them, that they really mm-hmm. like Bob Marley's music because it resonates with them. Um, and so that's the whole reason that they want. Now, some of the, um, the people that are sort of, you know, Megan, Harry, uh, not haters, I don't know what they call them, but the opposite of lovers um, have said that it was disloyal of them to go to that premiere while Charles mm-hmm. and Kate were in the hospital, et cetera, which, uh, you know, they don't have a relationship anymore. <laughs> I don't think they care. right? Um, you know, then and, and also what, are, you know, not going to premiere in solidarity for someone else's illness is ridiculous. Um, right. You, you have to move on with your life, you know, regardless of what's happening. Um But what I heard, the speculation that I heard uh, was that they were unhappy to have been seated halfway back in the theater. And I think you and I talked Mm -hmm. about it yesterday that maybe those were just the best seats halfway back in the theater because no one wants to be front row.
1: Exactly. Like you don't go into a movie theater and be like, oh, I want to have to have my neck craned up at an uncomfortable angle for two hours, three hours. Like you always pick a seat. In the middle, like in the middle of the middle row, or in the middle of the back row, even if it's kind of full. Like I per, I don't like going to the movies. Um,
0: oh but yes, we know. When
1: I do go, well, not yeah. I don't like watching movies, and I don't even like going to the movie theater. Um, But when I do go, and I do go sometimes, I I try to be at least like the middle or back. You know what I mean? Like I never pick a row that's up front because that's just uncomfortable. It's not a comfortable viewing experience. So yeah, there was a video of the two of them being shown to their seat. And it looks like they kind of hesitate before going into the row. But I, and people, you know, like you said, people were being like, oh my God, they're so, they're, they're angry. They're furious that they're not in the front row. But I kind of think it was more that they looked a little confused because it was like someone pointed to the row and told them to go in. And they were probably like, are we supposed to go all the way to the other end? Are we supposed to sit in the middle? Can we sit wherever we want? Is there an assigned seat? You know, like, it didn't look like they were given full instruction on where to sit other than like sit in
0: this row. I think it was pretty innocuous.
1: Yeah. I, I, if you watch the video, like it doesn't look like anything crazy was happening. They took, there's a photo going around. That's a still shot of the video where Harry, they're go, like, oh, Harry is scowling. He's furious. And, I don't think he was. It was just kind of his regular face that we see nowadays,
0: <laughs> which is, like, <laughs> not oh, a happy so face. that's so sad. That's so sad. I know.
1: It, it wasn't a happy face, but I don't think he was particularly angry about anything other than, like, he didn't seem angry, and Megan didn't seem angry. They just kind of seemed like they were like, oh, do you want us to go, you know, all the way in or just just sit right here? You know, like, it just seemed like they were kind of looking for one extra step of instruction of where specifically to sit.
0: Yeah, I don't disagree with you, and and I I don't I don't hold any animosity or animus because they went to a premiere in Jamaica, and whether or not Jamaica wants to withdraw from the Commonwealth or not, it's not Harry and Meghan's business anymore. They're not part of the royal family, right. honestly, really anymore. Exactly. Yeah, um, so it's kind of crazy. What I do feel sad about is that I bet you, with all my heart, that Harry wishes he were back in Canada when they were dating and in their little bubble, because ever mm-hmm. since they came out of that bubble six years ago or whatever he has seemed uncomfortable and I think that is sad um he just I don't think he's someone who really covets or relishes the spotlight and he is constantly in the spotlight not only because of the mess that they created but also because of what Megan does for a living you know what I mean or did for a living I don't know that she really does it anymore I disagree I think
1: Harry doesn't mind the spotlight he doesn't mind the attention as long as it is Unanimously positive, which for his whole life, the attention on him was pretty much unanimously positive. Um, Because, you know, when he used to do royal engagements, he would go out there to huge, adoring crowds of people waiting for him and he would be smiling and laughing and having a great time. And even when he was with Meghan, when she first started doing royal engagements and they did their first few together. He seemed so happy to be out there with her in public, kind of showing her off, you know? Um, So I think that when Harry knows that the reception he's going to get is going to be strictly positive, he's totally fine with the public. I think that now when he goes in public, he knows some people are going to love it, some people are going to hate it, everyone's going to have an opinion. I think that's what irritates him, is that he can't count on guaranteed good press anymore. And I think that's what he doesn't like. Whereas Megan, whether it's because she's, you know, a professional actress or because she just does not care, she goes out there and she hits a red carpet and she's smiling and waving and posing and she looks amazing. And she seems much, either she's obviously, she's a better actor, right? She's able to just go out there and pretend it's not bothering her. Or she really doesn't care because she really doesn't mind the negative press. And she, she, She maybe strikes me as a person who's like, all press is good press. Um, Although I think she would prefer it to be positive because we know that her and Harry do try to hit back at the press from time to time. But Harry just seems pissed because he knows it's not going to be. Good, (laughs) no matter what. Well, he he
0: wears his emotions on his sleeve, Mm -hmm. whereas Megan does not. And he has always worn his emotions on his sleeve, which is why I think he enjoyed such popularity when he was in his Mm -hmm. 20s and early 30s, because, you know, he was either happy or sad or fun or boisterous or loud or whatever. And especially when it was just the three of them William, Kate, and Harry, they had such a good time because. The press, as you say, was almost unanimously positive then. But mm-hmm. the, but what happens over time is you have to build that resilience to things may not always be positive. And if you don't have that resilience, then it makes you very unhappy. And I think that's right. kind of where, where they are now. And I and I hate that for them. But anyway, moving on yeah. from moving on uh Kingston back to America. Back to America. Actually, no,
1: still back in the UK. Oh yeah, back um, to England. Yeah. So Sarah, Duchess of York, has she announced last week that she has skin cancer, which comes about six months after she announced that she had breast cancer.
0: She has so, melanoma too, which is terrible.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she was, she went into the hospital, I believe, for um, reconstructive surgery after her mastectomy. And her dermatologist had requested that during the reconstructive surgery, they do some biopsies. And when they did the biopsies, it came back that some of them were melanoma, unfortunately. So Fergie, in her kind of signature quintessential rose-colored glasses way, has said, yes, I have melanoma. I am feeling great. I'm doing great. Thank you so much to my doctor for being proactive. Um, and like, please, everybody, remember to do your yearly checks and to keep an eye on anything. So Fergie is one of those people who she has received more bad press than anybody for decades <laughs> yeah. at this point. And she is just always you know she did have a period of time back in the 90s where she was a very like what was me. You know what I mean? Like she felt like everything oh, that had happened was it. unfair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so she would do an interview where she would kind of come out and say like, you know, she wouldn't say it outright, but she felt like things were kind of stacked against her, which I mean, remembering that her and Andrew were told that they would divorce. It wasn't what they wanted. They were told that they were going to divorce. So she had that feeling of like, you know, woe is me. Everybody hates me. Nobody's on my side. I can't even stay married to the man I love. His family is controlling my life. This is terrible. Um, And then you go through, you know, on holidays, her kids are with her. Ex's family because her ex's family was the queen. Um, and so she had a period of time where she was very negative. Not, I, I don't want to say very negative, but you could tell she was unhappy and she had a bit of a victim mentality. She has really turned that around in the last like few years. And now she just everything. I don't know if it's maybe because her relationship with the royals got so much better, or her, you know, her daughters have both had kids now, and her daughters are grown and married. So maybe she's just living that like grandma vibe where she's just like happy to be happy. Oh, um, I can't
0: wait for that. I hope that happens someday for me. I want the grandma vibe. You have so much time. Your kids are are young. <laughs> I'm and ready. I mean, hopefully. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. You have a lot of time. I, I feel that. I know. I see. I know. I'm just saying like being a grandparent is like the best. I watch how my um, husband's mom is and my mom is and being a grandmother is. <laughs> Like, awesome, because you give the kids back at the end of the day. Yeah. You spoil them right, and you have a great time.
1: Then you push them back. Yeah, I'm a big fan of, I get to play, like, auntie vibes right now. And I'm a big fan of, like, let me hold and snuggle your baby. Like, yeah, sure, I'll babysit. And then I'm like, okay, here, bye. Although then I just come back to my kids, who are crazy loud. When I watch my niece, she's the world's quietest, calmest, chillest baby, And then I come back to like my kids and I'm like, can I go back? Can I go babysit (laughs) again? Yeah. (laughs) Because my kids are just like crazy loud chaos boys.
0: Um, But that's boys. That's all boys. Chill. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's what they say. I could put my
0: daughter down in the middle of a room when she was like two. I could sit her down in the middle of a room, turn on classical baby, walk away, come back 30 minutes later, she's still sitting there. I could put my son down for twelve seconds. 12 seconds and turn around and he'd be on top of the entertainment center pulling all of the yep. books out of the top of the bookshelf like it was very very different yep. boys are just that is active the,
1: that is the difference i'm noticing between my niece and my sons where she's just so chill she'll sit and do her own thing and play with her toys and like sit and i don't think my kids ever sit down like for a second they're just constant i'm like how do you have so much energy and how can i bottle like, one ounce of it.
0: (laughs) That's why I think sports are so important. Sports are so important for all kids, like, male, female, all kids. But especially if you have any kind of boy that's even slightly, like, extra hyper or extra energetic, that boy Mm -hmm. needs to run, you know? That's why I love baseball and basketball (laughs) and all of it.
1: Well, so, Connor – my oldest is, as you know, he has ADD um, or ADHD and he he runs in our house like I'm constantly like please stop running, please stop running, please don't jump, whatever. We get him into sports and he's like, I'm – or like I'll take him outside like when it's nice out. I'm like, okay, let's just go like run in the backyard. I'll be like, Connor, let's have a race. Like let's like, you know, do it. And he's like, I'm tired. My legs hurt. I don't want to. And I'm like, you just ran for like nine hours back and forth from the family room to the living room. Why will you not (laughs) go run outside? It's very weird. Um, Because it's
0: not his choice. You took the choice away from him. I guess. I'm constantly yeah.
1: telling him to walk. And he's also the world's clumsiest human. So he trips all the time. And I'm like, if you would walk, maybe you wouldn't end up on your face half the time. Um, yeah. But it's, I digress.
0: Um, you, yes. Let's move back. to So Fergie is doing well. She has melanoma. Mm-hmm. Do we know what stage it is? Do we have any idea? Nope, they didn't say, but she said that
1: she is feeling great and she's happy that her doctors were so diligent. And I also imagine – obviously, I don't know this to be true, but obviously Fergie is very fair-skinned and she has freckles. So I imagine she's probably getting her regular and routine checks. So hopefully – and, you know, she just went through breast cancer treatment, so they would have been doing scans and stuff. So hopefully this is like, you know, early stages and it was – a like a, a single mole or something like that, um, and they've caught it and removed it early. But they didn't go into any details about if she needed further treatment or staging. So hopefully, this was just a you know we found one and we've removed it and we're keeping an eye on things.
0: I hope so. I hope so. That's a melanoma is a difficult one, mm-hmm. for sure. Well, okay. Right. Cool. What else?
1: Furs. Yeah, so um, um, so last week and the week before, Robert Hardman's book about the king, it has a different title in the UK and the US, but it's like the making of King Charles the Third. He was there were some excerpts of the book being serialized in UK newspapers, and one portion that was serialized was that the late Queen, Queen Elizabeth II had actually been very upset that Meghan and Harry named their daughter Lilibet after her. At the time that she was born and that her name was announced, it had been said that Meghan and Harry spoke with the Queen. The Queen was pleased to hear that they were giving her her name. Um, And Meghan and Harry, when there was a little bit of pushback about this in the press, said they never would have done it without the Queen's blessing. According to Hardman's book... It appears that may not be the case. It appears that the queen at the time kind of felt like she had no choice in the matter because they were telling her like, hey, we're going to name her. I think what my my guess is that the conversation was like, we're going to name her after you. And the queen was like, oh, that would be so lovely. Not realizing that they were not naming her Elizabeth. They were naming her Lilibet. And the reason that the queen was so upset is because Lilibet is a nickname that when she was little, she could not say her name, Elizabeth. So she kind of called herself Lilibet. And then her parents and her sister called her Lilibet as well. And then when she was older, Prince Philip also called her that. And only her closest, closest, closest family and some friends, like this wasn't even really a name that her friends called her, her closest family called her Lilibet. Um, And so... In the book, it is said that one of the things that the queen said was that, you know, I don't own any of my homes. I don't own any of the art. The only thing I own is my name. And now they've taken that from me. So she was pleased to hear they were naming the baby after her. But when she learned that it was actually her, you know, private family nickname, that made her unhappy because she felt that that was kind of... Like that was hers and hers alone, which I totally get. Um, especially after Megan and Harry had put the family through so much hell, and then to
0: say, like, oh, we're gonna use your like private family nickname. Um, that would have made me so mad, by the way. It would have made me so mad because they weren't close yeah, at the time, I, right? Exactly.
1: Um, they weren't close, and I think that it was you know. Harry and Meghan had said the Queen, like they never would have done it without her blessing. My guess is that the Queen felt like she was backed into a corner, like what she's supposed to tell them, like you've already announced it. And I think that happened. That would happen a lot with Harry and Meghan at this kind of stage of things with the royals where Harry and Meghan, you know, they released their Megxit statement and they said, we're going to be part-time working royals. We're going to have security. We're going to retain Frogmore Cottage. And the royal family was like, uh no, we didn't agree to that. Like you can't just say things until everything is finalized. And so that was kind of Megan and Harry's MO at the time was we're going to, we're going to put it out there and then we're going to put the family in a position to have to refute it. And the queen would have looked like kind of a jerk if she was like, no, that is not the baby's name. I never said that that was okay. Um, So that was just an interesting, it's funny though, a few, Before Lilibet was born, and I think before even Archie was born, Harry and Meghan had been doing an engagement and there was a little girl and Harry was talking to her and he was like, oh, what is your name? And she said, my name is Lily. And Harry said to her, this is like on video, Harry said to her like, oh, we love the name Lily. How do you spell it? With an an I or with a Y at the end, like L-I-L-Y or L-I-L-I. Um, and I can't remember what she said, but this was before they even had Archie. So it seems like, you know, Megan and Harry did, even when they were still on good terms with the family, they did like the name Lily and they were maybe considering names for a boy or a girl. And they always had a bit in mind. Um, so I just think, you know, once again, it's a situation where there's a big miscommunication between the family and recollections may vary. And Harry and (laughs) Meghan probably said to the queen, you know, oh, we're going to name her after you. And the queen was like, oh, that's lovely. I, you know, that's thank you so much for naming your daughter after me. And then when they said we're going to name her Lilibet, the queen was probably like, oh, like, okay, But now I feel like a jerk. (laughs) You know what I mean? So she probably just let it go because what's she supposed to do about it?
0: Well, I, so, okay, let's take, let's let's remove how the queen felt about it in the first place because, uh, you know, if someone took my nickname, which I have a very specific nickname, and someone took my nickname and said, hey, I'm going to name my child, you know, Michelle, and then I'm going to call her this specific nickname. And I wasn't on good terms with that person or they were estranged or whatever. I'd be like, what the ever-loving F? Like, <laughs> no, mm-hmm. do not take my nickname. So let's just remove the fact that Queen Elizabeth was probably not happy about the Lillibet. Um taking of the name the presumption of someone mm-hmm. saying i'm going to take your very intimate nickname and name my child that even though we are estranged we are leaving your your royal family we are not going to be part of what you wanted us to be a part of but hey guess what we're going to take your name uh, it mm-hmm. it would have burned me up like it would it really truly would have and i'm not the queen of england and that's you know what i mean like it would have really upset me it would have really upset me i I don't i don't i I don't care about you know your child is beautiful and i love your child and i'm glad that you're naming her this beautiful name except for the fact that it's not her name (laughs) like i don't know it'll be interesting to see when lilibet grows up um if she Calls herself Lilibet or calls herself Lily or calls herself whatever. You know what I mean? It'll be interesting yeah. to see what, what she does. And and eventually she will know that um, her grandmother was not too – our great-grandmother was not too excited <laughs> that she was named after her. It will come out. So
1: honestly, that's the thing that makes me the saddest about all of this stuff with the Sussexes and the royal family is that, you know, whatever they left, they were unhappy – they moved to Canada and then to California. They're not part of the working royals anymore, whatever. But one day their kids are going to be old enough to read about all of the back and forth. They're going to be old enough to like watch the Oprah video, watch the docuseries and read any of the other side of it. You know, if they're like curious about it, like, hey, what did my what did my grandfather, the king, actually say when this was happening? Um And they'll be able to see that this was not some sort of either because we don't know what Harry and Meghan are telling them, right? Like Harry and Meghan, maybe they're being good, kind, decent people. And they're like, yeah, you know, that just wasn't the life for us. So we moved to California, but everything's great. Like maybe they're not putting their kids in the middle of it. Maybe they're like, yeah, we live far away from our family. But like that's just because we like living here. And, you know, the the UK is cold and rainy. So we don't want to live in the rainy cold. We just wanted to live in California near Grandma Doria. And if that's the case, cool but one day the kids will still find out the truth. And if that's not the case, and Harry and Meghan are sitting there being like, you know, those are bad, terrible, horrible people and we don't like them and they treated us terribly, blah, 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 blah. One day the kids will be able to read about everything and read about kind of both sides of the situation and decide for themselves, like, I mean, I'm sure they'll always be on the side of their parents, but they'll see how nasty it really was. And they'll see kind of, a little bit more behind the curtain. Or maybe they'll grow up and they'll hear some things from family or their cousins will say some stuff like, hey, your mom and dad made Gan, Gan really, really sad before she died or something like that, you know? Like, it's gonna be, they're gonna grow up and they're gonna see all this. And I think that I'm sure they'll always kind of side with their parents. But I don't know. I, I like the kids being a factor, not a factor in it, but like the kids just seeing it and like one day discovering all of it makes me sad because it's like, oh, I really hope it doesn't mess them up. Cause again, I've said it before. I cannot imagine the therapy bills I would have if I found out that my grandfather was the literal king and I could be living on the Windsor Castle estate and like hanging out at castles and all like I'm i I'm a princess <laughs> and that's been kind of denied to me by my parents who threw a hissy fit, (laughs) like, oh, I can't imagine how much therapy it would take me to reconcile all of that.
0: Yeah, you know, but they might be raised to believe that the royal family is bad. So they might be like, they might grow up and be like, I'm so glad I'm not a princess. I'm so glad that stuff's not happening. Um, You know, you never, you know, we don't know how they're being raised. So we don't know if they're being, you know, raised to believe they're a princess, that's been denied their um, their right to be a princess. Like we, we have no idea. We won't know until those kids are teenagers or adults and see how they act. You know what I mean? Right. <clears throat> we we won't know. Anyway, well, yeah, it's just it's a pretty name, sad. but it, yeah, it's a pretty name. But I I don't disagree like that with the people who say that you know that name was not theirs to take. Uh, I am reading mm-hmm. the King Charles biography right now so we will have a wrap up on that specifically later maybe later this week early next week Uh, just the key takeaways so um, beyond the Lilibet thing we'll have some some key takeaways from that Um, but anyway so uh, I don't think we have any more royal news for today do we I don't think
1: so I think that was everything
0: well I hope you guys have a great rest of your week and look for a new episode about Kate coming in the Next couple of days and then a new series starting soon. (laughs)